Hey, this is Afia Letham, creator of the Frame Your Day app, helping you walk out every day in victory. I'm proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleash, going beyond borders. Hi, this is Zakia Ringgold from NaturalSoapByZakia.com, proud sponsors of the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast. Welcome to another edition to Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast. And my guest uh, is Tony, uh, not Tony, 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 Tony Lee Larson. Is a, you need a, set, you need a set of falsers just to get the, the name right eventually. So false teeth and you go to your dentist. Um, but no, uh, just to welcome my guest on the RBF and the RB sort of podcast uh, using StreamYard going um, live via Facebook, um, Twitch and YouTube. But I always like just to it's good to just to chat and connect people. This is a connection via Daniel Gomez. So from Daniel Gomez Inspires podcast. Um so and thank Daniel for the connection. So I'm doing yes, we're gonna introduce my guest, um Tony Lee Larson. Um and we're gonna talk about her life and got an interesting story. Uh just to give you a summary, uh, what some she married the same husband three times and split three times. So we'll dissect the the dissect that one. You're probably thinking, hang on a minute, what? Why, why would somebody want to split in three times? Yes, but there is a serious note to this, and you'll find <laughs> soon find that out. <laughs> there is a you do as you say it. You all have a chuckle. You go, well, hey, no, but there's a serious aspect to it. But we're gonna um, and there's also a lot. We're gonna be discussing her grandson, uh, which is another topic, which is uh, certainly in the media these days a lot, um, and discussing how she deals with that, how she, but uh, also we're going to, uh, yeah, start with basically the beginning, beginning of her life, beginning of um, leading up to just pretty much all we're all, well, um, let's just say where, let's just say where it went wrong, maybe probably the eight words is in some way where it is where it went wrong, but to what she's doing now. Uh, which is connected, doing a wonderful thing across the world to many people from sitting in America. So we will come to that, uh, as I say. But yeah, and to folk can comment, and we might mention your comment on the live, uh, on the feed we are live. So um, those who are listening on the podcast, um, me as I say, we wish you, uh, thank you for listening and thank you for tuning in, uh, wherever you are. So welcome, uh, Tony, to the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders, Borders podcast. How are you doing? How's your day been? Yes. Well, it's been good. It's been windy, but thank you, Fraser, for inviting me, and thank you, Daniel, for the connection. Yes. Yes. Cool. Well, um, let's start. Well, tell us about your. Um, well, tell us about your life. Tell us who are you and who are you? Were you born, brought up, and kind of the usual kind of rigmarole? Uh, tell us how life started for you, and was it good or bad, or you know? Well, I live in the same town that I was born in. I live in Canyon City, Colorado, which is like kind of in the middle part of the United States. So, um, and I have lived here almost all of my life. I came back and that is, um, the reason I came back was because of the divorce from the first husband who um, had an affair. And without being a healthy person, then I just got back into the same type, so. Without the knowledge, 
we do that. We just keep repeating that. So what was the, uh, tell, well, growing up in the town you're at, uh, we are Colorado, uh, what was life like with your your parents, education? Uh, do you want to elaborate on your song? Just your stages of life growing up, because everyone's life growing up can be it's different. It can just be like a bed of roses. It can be fantastic, but some people go through a really a lot of a rough time in their life. So, how was your life growing up? Yeah, um, and and through my recovery, I have found the some of the reasons why that I, you know, chose the people that I did. And at the age of five, I was um, molested by a family member, and. Um, of course, you don't tell anybody then because it's so shameful. And um, then at the age of 14, I was molested again by another family member. And mm-hmm. so that just led to kind of a life where sex was, well, it's just what you did. It wasn't anything sacred. It was just something that you did. And um, that led to marrying the first husband. And I was pregnant with my daughter when I graduated from high school here. How old is that when you graduate? Pardon? How old were you when you graduated from high school in America? I know the age is different. I was, I was almost eighteen, just a few weeks shy of being eighteen. Right. Okay. And so I graduated from high school and had my daughter, and in two years I had my son, and then my um, kids' father decided that he wanted to go to Arkansas. He was going to go to Bible school. And that is what took us to Arkansas. From there, we went into Kansas City, and then that is where everything happened, and then I came home. So I have been back here in my town since 1989, and that is when I met my ex-husband. And we started off as an affair, which was not a good way to be starting um, whatsoever. Um, And a few months after that is when I had the abortion because I was told that it was either him or the baby, and he was worried about his reputation here in town because he was a business owner, and we had just started dating. He had just gotten divorced, as well as myself, and I gave in to that, and I had an abortion. And so there was there was a lot of rough stuff, yeah, that was taken into to that marriage. Do you know what the sex of the baby would have been if you'd full term? Yes. Um, because when when I went to have the ultrasound, I could tell what, and it was a girl. And I just recently, um, from going through my recovery, which was a good thing, um, I was able to forgive myself and ask God to forgive me, and I've been healing from that. And um, I have named her. Um, God has given me visions of her, and I celebrate her. And she would have been 30, 31 years old, the 28th of this wow. month. Yeah. <clears throat> so she's a part of my life. She is just not an aborted baby. She is definitely a part of my life, and that has been a huge healing. That's good. Yeah. So tell I mean, going through, you seems like, well, you're to the next stage from this, you've obviously aborted. You've got remarried again. Well, you've kind of like this. Yeah, I'm trying to piece it all together. It's like a jigsaw. It's kind of quite. It sounds quite easy to talk about. Easy to understand, but it's actually. It's trying. I'm just trying to piece it in my head. So, maybe if you can just dissect all the the, the from your the first to move, and then 
you've come back again. You've re sort of you've, you've kind of had an affair with your ex husband, or kind of even though we no, you were separated. You dated. Mm-hmm. dated. We, yeah, we just started. Yeah, we got divorced, and not too long after we got divorced, he um, started calling me again and asking if we could have a new start. And so we started dating each other, and of course, at this time. From that divorce, it probably was like the sixth time, fifth or sixth time that I had found out he was having an affair. Well, I believed him because he told me that God had gotten a hold of him and his behavior was changing for the moment. Um, I still didn't have all the knowledge that I have today, so I was going off of the knowledge I had at that time. And I believed him. And so we started dating and he asked me to marry him. And I said yes. And so um, that was probably about 18 months after the first divorce. 18 months? Wow. Yeah. So we got married, and within three months, I found out that the affair was still going on. James. Wow. Yes. So, um, and this was number seven. And so God said, you know, well, no. I should backtrack there because um, I told him, you know, you're done, you're out. Uh, And all he left with that day was a briefcase. Um, After the first divorce, though before the first divorce was done, what caused that was I ended up having to go to jail because um, he had come home and um, I had found out about the, the affair and he came home and he kind of like cornered me up against the counter and stuff. And I had taken off into the garage and I just asked him, why can't you stop? Why can't you stop hurting me? And he looked at me and he says, I can't stop. And I said, you're a liar. And I slapped him. Well, I didn't know it at the time, but the police had already been called. So the police um, show up at the house and um, they asked me what has gone on. And I told them the truth. I mean, I just, I've never been in trouble. I don't know you're not supposed to say anything or admit to anything or anything like that. And I told them, you know, the next thing I know, I'm getting handcuffed and I'm getting taken out my front door and put into a police car that I had never, ever been in before, ever. And this was on the 11th of December, 2015. But that all happened. And I was in there for four days. Um, it's the most humiliating time. Oh, my gosh. As a woman, it's very humiliating. You know, you have to be patted down. You have to shower in front of someone else. And, you know, it, it's just not a good thing to be. But I also knew that I was in there for a reason because just the circumstances. And, you know, I just I live by Ecclesiastics 3. Everything happens for a reason, and I knew I was there for a reason. And in that process, I was able to um, talk and minister to a young lady in there that we had in a, a mutual acquaintance. So God did use me in there, and that is just proof that he uses you no matter what you're going through. He will use you. But um, after that is then we date, we started dating and got married. So it's like, why? But through this whole time, Frazier, I kept hearing God say, stand back and watch what I'm going to do. And I thought it was all about the ex-husband. It wasn't. It was what God was doing in my life. I did your, just to, just to backtrack a little bit, what, 
at what point, well, how did you tell us, just that we'll come back to where we're just going to pause at this little, little bit, sidestep a little bit. Where did your, how did you, how, where did your faith start? Were you taken to church when you were a kid? Were yes. you, did you explain at what point did you decide that you sure. were, tell us about your faith a little bit. We'll come back to this a little bit in a second and we'll okay. kind of, just yeah. a, bit, a bit jumpy around, but I just want to hear, get the foundation of your, how your faith came around because it's different for everybody. That's true. It is. Yes, I was raised in a Christian home, and about the age of five, I remember being in Sunday school and asking Jesus into my heart. Um, I I got serious about it when I was 17 years old. And then, of course, you know, as an adult, I kind of faded away. And obviously, because, you know, I was with someone that I shouldn't have been. and then when, I mean, I've always been a believer, and then I went through a brain tumor ordeal in 2007, and um, I was really diving deep into to what it meant to have a relationship with my father. But it was through all of the things that I was enduring during this time before the jail Um, that my relationship with him was really going deep. I finally, for the first time ever in my life, understood what grace was all about. It wasn't religion anymore. It was a relationship. And that freed me to fall deeper and deeper in love with him. So at that time, yeah, I was was going deeper. So let's go back to, so you've, Literally just split you know, your, your, the second stage of you just being released from jail and then you go back to your same pot guy again, same ex-husband, husband for the third time. And what, because a lot of women, a lot of women go through this. A lot of women just seem to, they go back and they go back and they get beaten and they get beaten and they go back and they get beaten. So at what point, why do you think, why do you think women go keep going back? What do you think? So what's the what in your mind? What do you think is the attraction? I know they usually say they love the they, they love them, but they keep getting abused, and whether it's psychological, physical. In your mind, what what was it was making you draw? What was the draw? What was it, what was like, it's like, I don't know? What was he doing or not doing? It was drawing you back to him for a third time. Oh, my goodness. Charming. Very charming. Um, And that is part of that addiction is that they can be so um, loving and caring and they can show you that they've changed and that they're the greatest person in the world. Um, On my part, codependency. The fear of walking out into the world all by myself and the codependency. That was one of the biggest things is because um, so many of the things that were in my life, I had never dealt with. And so there was so much fear there, you know, and and it's hard when you start digging deep inside yourself and all of these problems start coming up. It's, it's hard because you don't want to face that. But I had a therapist who was also my sponsor and a dear friend. And she said, but you need to remember you are not there does the pain hurt absolutely but you are not in the situation anymore 
and you are only going to deal with the feeling and the pain, but you're not there. And that was just eye-opening and groundbreaking for me because I could deal with it because I wasn't there anymore. But yeah, the codependency, definitely. Plus, I will say that I was listening to my father and he kept saying, stand back and watch what I'm going to do. And like I said, I thought it was all about the other person, but um, it was it was a journey that was, you know, molding and making me for who he needed me to be now and, you know, years forward. So at what stage, I mean, you've, you start dating, you remarried for the third time, you split up. When did you really find out what was the core the main problem of all of this? After the second divorce, yeah. And January 2nd of 2018. So what was the, yeah. so what was the problem? Um, well, he said, he says, I, I'm sick. I need, I need help. Um, because he, I think he was thinking that uh, we could save it again, you know. And so um, I had called a minister and they said, well, there's this place, and the, the place is actually an hour from here, Colorado Springs, where there's heart-to-heart -heart counseling, and it deals with sex addicts. And his name is Dr. Doug Weiss. And so that's what I called. And um, my ex-husband started, you know, going to therapy up there. Then I found that they also had a program for the spouses, for partners um, um, that were either married to or in a relationship or were married to someone that was a sex addict. It also deals with narcissism. It deals with intimacy anorexic and emotionally anorexic. So um, that's when I found out the behavior was like, oh, and see, there's always a, there's always a bottom for that behavior too, just like for alcohol or drugs or something. If you want to take the time and if you're willing to do it and you want to become healthy, you can usually find what the bottom is. So, yeah. So did he, was the counseling that he received, did that help in any way or did he continue, did he go back to his old ways? Um, we, we communicated for a while and then, you know, finally when I asked him to do a poly you know, get a polygraph done um, so that I knew that the truth was there. And he said, no, then that is when God said, you're done. Get off the circus wheel. And I did. So um, his behavior up until that point, it was kind of better. Um, I don't know whether he was having an affair or not because we were not living together. We were not dating. We were not spending time together. Um, there are still big behaviors that I see that are so very unhealthy. Um, you know, it's just like an alcoholic. You can go and you can attend the AA meeting, but if you don't apply the work that you've received, you're going to start drinking again. And, you know, so that's true about anybody's behavior. If you don't apply the change, then the behavior is going to stay the same. So, and that applies to me too. You know, if I don't um, heed to everything that I have learned as being a spouse of, then the chances of going into another relationship that, you know, of the same type, you know, but um, so that's why I want to apply everything that I have learned 
to my life, and it has been amazing. It's been an amazing journey. So when you decided to get off the hamster wheel uh, regarding the with the final time, how did you, what was, I mean, you've got to, to what healing process, what, you I mean, you must have gone, I mean, suddenly when you step off away from something, you get the sudden, you get the sudden come down. So it kind of like, it's a relief, but you, you have to deal with it. Yes. So how did you start dealing with that? Because that must have been, to, I mean, to go, think just for whoever's listening to this, if you're listening on it, whether it's in replay or podcast, um, to go back to compute, going back to somebody for three times uh, and managing them three times, same person, but well, he's still having an affair, several affairs. He's basically going. He's obviously a sex, admitting he's, he's a sex addict and he's struggling. But for you to then finally step off, how did you start to deal with the major come down of this? Of because technically, yes, you're you were you're scared of the the re, just being alone, not the having the companion anymore. But you tell the physical because okay, you have the physical. But how did you start to? deal with that in your own way prayer lots of friends lots of support and it is it's you know um because i i was married for the first time to my children's dad at 18 so um even with that divorce there i had really never ever been alone by myself for a lot and it is it's it's very hard you know because you want someone there to talk to and that type of stuff but prayer and family support and the recovery because what Dr. Um, Weiss did was he took the 12 steps that are out of the big book for AA and he used them towards, you know, this addiction. And so to begin finding out, you know, and I had two affairs myself while being married to this person. So I had to come to the bottom of why, why did I do that? And so it's just in the process of doing all of that. And it's amazing that once you start digging inside of you and you start getting it all out, what God can do with it. I mean, if you're not even a believer, um, then just getting all of that gunk out and seeing what has caused it and that there is help and that there are answers and that you can become a healthy person and that you can exist without another person. It's yeah. So, going forward, obviously we don't have a lot of friends and dealing with stuff. Uh, where what was technically your next step in your life? Um, where did you start? I mean, you've got kids. You've got uh, <coughs> excuse me. You've, you've got your, your kids. I mean, how did your kids deal with this? With all the process of you, with what you've just been through in your life? Did they deal with it much? Have no much knowledge, or did they really quite? separated or were they already flown the nest yeah they they were already married you know married or the fact that they'd had children because i have six grandchildren um from the ages of the 24 to 14 but um they knew about it um what i was going through you know and they were very angry very upset about it but now through the process my um daughter has a good relationship with her stepfather now and my son and I have a good relationship 
And there's a lot of things that our family has just been completely torn apart from. But, um, you know, it's just something that we have to deal with because there isn't anything that I can do to change the situation. All I can do is take care of me. But going through this journey um, in the recovery, I started co-leading a group up in the Springs with um, my therapist, who is also my sponsor, but we started co-leading a group together. And then it led to me having one here in my home. And so that's that'll be two years in January. And I have six women that um, are in my group. And... You know, they're they're in the work of um, working through their own recovery and learning, and we check in with each other, we hold each other accountable, and so that has been a blessing through all of that. And then another part of the blessing is my books. So, um, and that started off with going through step three. You know, what is your relationship with God? And I started writing God letters, and that's how the prayer, the first prayer book. Um, came about, and halfway through that, is we'll come, let's, let's, let's not jump. We'll come to that. We'll come to your books because this is. Oh, okay. We're going to go too fast. You've got. We've got more. <laughs> Get ahead of ourselves here. Sorry, Fraser. No, no, you're too keen. Too keen. <laughs> We're gonna, got a lot to talk about because you've got a good story. Good day, say because the whole point is your story is to impact people, inspire people. Yes. So you've got more to talk about. You're getting too ahead of yourself. We'll come That's to right. that. This is this mm-hmm. is the your books. Uh, now that you've okay now. It, what, let's, let's go into a different, slightly different topic, which we it's obviously happening now, which is obviously highlighted to this day and age in a lot of countries, or it's kind of more becoming more, let's say, indoctr- indoctrinated in the wrong way. Um, you've got your grands. You talk, how many grandkids have you got? I have six. Six grandkids. Mm-hmm. And what are boys and what are girls? Um, two, the two oldest are girls, and then there's four boys. Right. Yeah. But there's the one who is technically is a, is but is not. Right. In the sense, to the eyes of the world, would be seen as trans, basically. So. That's my oldest grandson. Yes. How old is he? He'll be sixteen next month. When I can, when does it? When did this all start? Because this is, I can see this is this this is eating at you, and it still does. Uh, when did this? When when did this all start? When did you start to find out? Um, kind of maybe about two years ago. Um, just because the way that he, um, you know, would act when we were together and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, boys, men paint their nails and all of that kind of stuff. And that, you know, I understand all of that. It's still not okay to me, but, you know, my, everyone's life is different than mine. So it's quite all right. That's why we are who we are. But um, then it started with... Um, wanting pink tennis shoes or just different things. And he's got the most gorgeous hair and he would grow it out when he was young and he would donate it for locks of love because it would get so long so fast and it was thick. And so when he started growing it out again, I didn't think anything of it and stuff. But then some things happened um, with him and his dad and with me. And then there was, 
you know, not being able to see each other. And then I go back and I see him this summer. And this summer is when I was told um, that he is, he is not who he, he was born as anymore. That he um, chooses to be, at this point, it was neither girl nor boy. He was just, and I didn't understand that. Um, and, of course, I just said, well, to me, you will always be my grandson because I seen you when you were born. And to me, that's who you will always be. But, you know, you you love them and you just accept them for who they are. You don't have to agree with it, but you just love them. And that will never, ever change. Never. I don't agree with what is going on in his life. And I truly, truly believe that there was something that caused that because I think it's, I don't know, I don't understand it all, but, you know, going I, through the recovery from the sex addict, I can understand things a little bit different now. At what point, um, how, does your, how does your son, well, his dad, or deal with it knowing that his son is one eight? is kind of more leading that other way rather than being a son. Well, and their relationship was estranged too because of, you know, my son being in so much trouble and and issues there and stuff too. But um, once in a while they do communicate. But um, he's accepting of it. Um, he is not a believer, so life is a little different there. Um he accepts it, but he also knows who he was when he was born, you know, okay. so, and I think no matter what, how you are, you've got to always have that in your mind, you know, that's not who they were when they were born, right? So what happens to all the memories of them growing up and, you know, it just is so difficult to understand. It really is. I don't, I don't get it. Okay. I just. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so going, you're still, you can tell me, it's, it's a major, it's quite, you find it hard to talk about, and you find it, yeah, it's still kind of, what's your, what's your, so, okay, he's going through this, do you hope that he will just maybe, is a, it might be a phase because he's only 16, and maybe when he hits his 20s, it might, he starts to maybe have to go and get work, it might pass, or do you hope that it might be is there there for the it's basically permanently permanently there basically? Since I don't have um, you know, a constant relationship with him, I'm not I'm not sure how how he truly is, but my heart and being the woman of faith that I am, um, I really hope that he sees the light. You know. Um, God made man, God made woman, and he made them for a reason. You know, um, it still takes a man and a woman to create another human being so far. Mm -hmm. Unless, you know, we start playing with that stuff too. But, you know, God had a purpose for what he did. He really did because... When the man and the woman create another human being, that human being has a soul. And if that's not a person is not created that way, then how do they have a soul? And that's who makes us who we are. So no matter what a person chooses to be, 
that soul is still what they were made to be. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I look at it. My grandson, all I can do is leave him at the father's feet and pray for him. And I hope he sees the light of day. I pray that he finds out why he thinks he needs to be either a woman or neither one. And I'm not sure what the language is for that. You know, we talked about that um, on the Scotland family um, program too, but um, it, it, it breaks my heart. It, it really does because I'm grandma. And that's not who my grandson is supposed to be. We're going forward now for you. Um, you obviously you're you're having groups in your home. Yeah. You're, let's see, yeah, you're you're helping lots of other women. Are you helping the women who have been through similar to what you've gone through regarding they they've had partners that had gone through affairs. Or they've been divorced, or they've—is uh, that what the group is mainly around about in in your house, the recovery? Yes, and mm. you know, and it's not just the affairs because a sex addict cannot have an affair, but they're either addicted mm. to porn or to masturbation, or you know, or they become intimacy anorexic to where they don't even you know exist as as a husband or as a father or. You know, they keep pretty much to themselves. They don't connect with someone. Um, also, the intimate, the um, emotional anorexic, you know, where they're just like a brick wall and there is no emotions because of so much trauma that has happened in their life. You know, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of different aspects to it. That's for sure. Yeah. So... <clears throat> you've written, you're talking, you, you, well, you mentioned, you're going to quite far ahead. You mentioned about your books. So we're going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, um, you were talking about your books. What brought about your first book and what's it called? It's called Prayers to a Heavenly Father and it came about by, um, this was the second time I had went through one of the 12 step books and I was going through the step three when it asked about, you know, your relationship with your father your heavenly father, you know, what does God mean to you? And so I would write out love letters to him and um, just prayers. And when one of the girls in the group said, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I said, no, not really. You know, um, my grandmother was a writer and I've always written poems and, you know, just write things down and stuff like that, but never really serious about it. And so I just started praying about it. And so I just sat down one day and started writing different things. And and then COVID came about. And so that was a blessing for me because it gave me a lot of time to sit there and to write. And I sent it in. And it's published. So and that just led to another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to do. So how's that, how's that book? By writing that book, how's that book helped you but also helped others? It helped other people as well. It did help me because it made me realize that prayers are so important. And it's not just the prayers that are important, but it's the relationship with the Father. Just to be able to sit there and talk to Him. Because there's a couple of the prayers where I just sit there um, at my dining room table and I was just talking to Him as I was writing it down. And, And it's the Holy Spirit that has written the book. I 
just held the pen. But, um, and I get people, I can still run into people either here in town or somebody will send me a message and they will say that they read it every day to keep, you know, and it keeps them inspired and it's helped their relationship. And it's just mind blowing for me. And if one person has been touched by that, that's amazing to me. So let's talk, let's talk about your second book. Uh, what's, how did that start? How, where did the, where's the leading into your second book and how did that come about? Yeah, and while I was in the midst of writing the first one, God gave me this, the name for the second one and um, honoring my Heavenly Father. And so I just kind of wrote that down and put it aside. And then when I was trying to, um, you know, think of a name for my business, um, what kept coming to mind was books by Connie Lee. And I'm like, books? But, you know, well, what are you talking about, Lord? And so I just kind of, you know, had other people pray about it and stuff. And it just kept coming to me. And so now I understand why books. Yeah, <laughs> He's got more than one for me to do. So, but um, honoring my Heavenly Father. Yeah, that's that's what my heart is. That's what I want to do. Uh, you, obviously, you told me the first book it helped you, but your second book is, is this they published the second book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daniel it, did that. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the connection to Daniel. Um, we'll come, uh, but did, how did, how's that book impacting other people's lives? Is it helping people? Have you found had feedback from people who have read it? How have they come back to you and said this is a, this is like well wow, uh, this yeah. is uh, how's, how have they sort of enjoyed their book that you've they've read your book how they how's it oh, i'm trying to say yeah i'm tongue-tied um how has your book impacted their life your second book that's what i'm trying to say yes yes because i have one girl that um she's got all three of my books mm-hmm. and um, she said that she loves the second one because of the fact that in this one the holy spirit led me um to also through the knowledge of Daniel to put in um, scriptures. So after each each one, there is a scripture that correlates with them. And then there's questions uh, to reflect on. So that's, I think that was an awesome thing, you know, to put in there and to do. And so um, the young lady said that she loves doing that. Uh, I also want to mention that in this book, the Lord led me to write out a letter um, to my little girl. So that was another healing process, and it's called Whisked Away Too Soon, because she was. So um, that was another healing process through that one. But, yes, it, it has. And it's not me. It's the Father. Okay. So you've got, three, you've got your third book now. Is that published or coming out? Yes, and that is a revision of the first book. Okay. Um, um, Prayers to Heavenly Father, yeah. And I kind of did the same thing in that one, and I added in some verses and then a page of reflection. Just asked a question, and then I also put another prayer there. So just just another way that God's, you know, trying to to get out there how much he loves everyone. So let's talk about your. How did you meet Daniel Gomez? How did you? What? How did you come out? Because obviously your books have, you've done a book, but you've met him. But you've done a second book. Mm-hmm. 
So how did how did you connect in a third? How did you meet? How did the connection come about and, and why? Just um I think it was marketing on LinkedIn and you know you just connect with all kinds of different people and he was just watching my uh, morning posts, you know, my videos that I do try to do every morning, my devotion and stuff and and um he had asked me if I would be willing to speak at a conference. Um, because I had mentioned one time about breast cancer. And so he said, would you be willing to, to speak at the conference? And that's how that started. And we just had a conversation one day about the conference. Tell us about, you, you tell us about breast cancer. You, that you, you have been through that, haven't you? Yes. Yes. So, Four-year survivor. Yes. Four years. Congratulations. Four years, yeah. yes. And what, when was that? When did that happen? Um, the the um, lumpectomy I had in February of 2017, right. and in October I went back for my first mammogram, and that's why I celebrate in October because it was clear. Right. And so, yeah. Fantastic news! And so <laughs> now there's more that you're doing now because I've connected you with a, a friend of mine called John Drummond, who's in. Who, but the reason why I connect because you're in a similar style of ministry of what you both do. I'm losing my, my voice is crooky as anything today. <laughs> Hang on. <clears throat> so, um, usually I don't do as much talking, usually I just listen. <laughs> just, because it's done. Um, so, tell us about what you're, what you're doing now, because you're, you're connecting with a lot of people around the world. How did that sort of come about as well? Tell us the direction. I mean, you don't, it doesn't just randomly happen, but you've connected with people around the world and tell us how that your sort of ministry in that side started. I tell you what, Fraser, it is amazing how God connects his people together. It, it, it just isn't, you know, he's taking this social media stuff that, you know, has been... You know, the, we've called the ruination of everything, but he is taking it and he is using it for his glory. And so um, he just connected. And how I got so connected with people in um, other countries was actually it really started after I was done with the um, speaking academy down there with Daniel. And, you know, I had just put out my video um, from from there and um Sticker shock, I think is what it was called. And this lady, as I was sitting in the airport, connected with me and told me that my story just touched her. Well, she was in UK. And it just, from there, it just kept leading from one to another. Um, now I, I have so many people in Pakistan. My family over there has just grown tremendously. Um, in Africa, um, you know, in Kenya, Uganda, um, just different places there, you know, but in Pakistan, India. Um, so at least two or sometimes three times a week, I am getting up at different hours and I am just ministering. Um, you know, they've asked me to speak, so I just, you know, get on there and just talk to them and encourage them and you know let them know how much the lord loves them and i tell you what god is really really moving and i it's just amazing to see the desire that these other nations have to know who god is 
and that's just another part of what I am doing. And he does, he just keeps opening door after door. And it just, it is mind blowing to this little old mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you connected you with me through Daniel. So I'm wondering what the attraction, yeah. what the attraction was. Scotland, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, hmm. Okay, so I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you how did you connect with me? What was the I don't know you connected with him for a reason because you obviously must have been through Daniel, but I'm just curious to how yes. you must have been thinking, What <laughs> <laughs> he, must, he must be a good guy if Daniel knows him, right? And it does because you know you connect with one person and it connects you to another <coughs> and to another and just you know, just like all of these other women here. Um, that I have connected with that have podcasts and ministries and that type of stuff too. Um, but yeah, with you, you had just done the podcast with Daniel and um, I have watched it and stuff. And then, so I just, you know, sent a request and said that, you know, if you ever do a podcast, I would love to do it with you. And that was part of Daniel, you know, saying that you have to sell yourself to get out there and, you know, to get, to get noticed and to, you know, get into areas. And and that's what I want to do is just to be able to tell God's story. So going going forward, um, what's your soul now? Obviously, with the, the kind of last couple of years that everyone's had in the world, <laughs> going the, going forward, what, now I know when I say, people usually say, in the next, what do you see yourself doing in the next five years? But I suppose it's more just thinking, What's your kind of goals that you've kind of got in place at the moment that you're wanting to achieve in the coming year that, as we're about to go into the, the, a new year? Um, so what's your kind of aims of going forward into the, the next year and the year after? Have you got kind of set goals that you want to achieve? I just want to continue to share what God has done in my life, to share his love. I couldn't have made it through life without him. There's no way. I I don't know what other people hold on to to survive, but I know what I held on to. And I know how real he became in my life. It's not it's it's just not a figment of your imagination. He's real. He is so real. I have seen and I will forever believe. You know, and he's given me visions. Um, and I have seen a few of those visions come forth. Another one of the visions that um, I am waiting to see is um, speaking in front of many, many people, many people. And I know that he is going to send me out to share his story because he told me it's not my story to keep. It is his to share. And so that's what I want to do is just keep sharing my story. And I, um, I've been asked to come to India to Pakistan and to Africa. So um, the only place I've ever been out of the U.S. is to Italy. Um, but I'm not afraid. I I am not afraid. So I have told him, Lord, here I am. Send me. So looking, obviously, I'm just thinking, do you still something stand there and just look back to what I know, because I know there's a lot of stuff that you're still you're you're dealt with, but you are still dealing with because you're still it's like little smoldering fires that you are. So I think do you still think it, what 
do you think they'll ever go out, or do you think they'll ever just and it'll be you'll kind of just go forward and then but these little these little like your grandson, like the think your your son and like your family, do you think these little smoldering fires will eventually just smolder out and you'll just before you're you'll just you're you'll yeah you'll just fly like eagle's wings you'll just go if you know what i mean but i think you i can i can see they're still there they're not quite and they're still yeah yeah when it comes to the grandkids that's a whole yeah i love my children and I would not trade them for anything. But I tell you what, Fraser, there is something so very special about grandchildren. There really, yeah. really is. And I can't explain it, but it's, it is a different kind of love. And I think it's a different kind of love because you're not expected to be the parent in that type of stuff. But as for my life, um, I have learned that healing comes while you're out helping others. It really does. Um, I could be a lot healthier today and then go out tomorrow and start ministering to other people, helping other people, and some healing will come to my life. And the more that I talk about it, the more that I let it out, the more that I understand it and just let God heal it. Yeah. Um, I'll never be fully healed because I live on earth, you know, so I'm going to be a healthy and a whole healed person when I get home. I know that for sure. Um, that's his promise. So I'm just, so, you know, wherever he leaves the footprint, mm -hmm. that's where I'm going. How can people connect with you if they want to connect with you and be in touch with you to connect? I'm definitely on Facebook as Annie Milliken Larson. On um, LinkedIn, it's Tawny Lee. And my website is www.tonnilea.com. And they can connect with me there because they can leave me a message and it gets to me. And, yeah, I, I love connecting with people. It keeps me busy on Messenger, that's for sure, and my other sites, but I love it. And that's this morning I put out a message telling everyone that if I don't get back to you right away, it's not because I'm ignoring you or avoiding you. It's just it just takes some time sometimes. Yeah. Oh, we we'll have all the show note the, the links to the show notes uh, in in the podcast uh, show notes uh, of Tony where you can can connect with her if you want to reach out to her, especially all well, links to her books where you can buy her books as well. Um, yes. And if you like what you hear you want to get you want to have a have her as a guest on your podcast and connect with her and uh go through and have a chat um, and want to say thank you to daniel gomez for the connection yeah uh, and i'm hoping he will watch this he can <laughs> or, I'll send listen, you to it. <laughs> watch or listen uh I've, i i keep saying because of those i was so this is why i actually something i give i give myself my own advice here because uh, i still make the mistake because when I'm doing a I tend, if I'm doing a video, I like to chat to the person on video. But it obviously, goes out as a podcast. People who are listening to it, so I have to make sure that you are for those who are listening to this in the replay. I am doing a video, but it's going to be. I'm describing it because I'm just because uh, you never know. I always my advice. I always say to somebody if you're ever doing a podcast, you can, if you're doing a video, describe um, 
I would say to describe what you're looking if you're showing something, describe it because you never know somebody might be partially sighted or uh, you might be watching, you might be listening but watching in a sense, but might not, it might be partially sighted and not be able to get, won't be able to see it. It's also good to, when people who are listening, that it is that you describe something so they get a visual in their head of what you're describing and talking about, which helps. So that's my little podcast tip for people who might be listening to this. Uh, describe, if you're ever doing a video, describe what you're talking about because not if you're, somebody's listening on the on the go, they want they may not be, they may not understand what you're actually showing and kind of thing. So that's my if that's my tip for people who are doing videos for a podcast. But anyway, it's always good to so people get the bigger picture. Right. Anyway, uh, any last words? I love that. That's a that's good advice there. Thanks, Rainer. <laughs> yes, I'm just you know um, I just want to share the love of my life and that is Yahweh so that's okay. what I want to do have his eyes and his heart well I want to thank uh, for everyone who is listening on the podcast or been watching uh, via Facebook Twitch or YouTube thank you and uh, thanks to Tony Lee Larson for being on the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast and I hope that for those who uh have been watching, as I say, um, feel free and connect with her and get her on your show or have a chat. And uh, people, Verne, I'm shout out to Verne Taylor, who's just started her new podcast. Uh, so you, you should recommend being on her. I can recommend connecting up. You can maybe be a guest on her show. And also thank you to Curtis Brooks for the uh, the comment as well. Thank you very much. Uh, who's also attached to the uh, to chat Tachi on Mediascope. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I just want to say thank you, everybody, uh, who, uh, wherever you are in the world, uh, as I say, uh, just till next time. And thank you to Tony. And we'll uh, catch you all later on the next edition of the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast. Speak to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you, Fraser. No worries.